Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. You don't need no money, you don't need no credit. It's so simple that anyone can get it. Luke's gonna teach you just how to get started. All you have to do is learn and apply it. You are in the right place. You're gonna wholesale real estate. You're gonna wholesale real estate. So let's get started. <laughs> let's get started. How are you guys doing today? It is Luke. I am your host, and welcome to School of Wholesaling. Uh, on our last episode, we talked about how to analyze your deals and how to identify seller motivation. So if you haven't heard that episode, that was episode number three. If you haven't heard that episode, please, please listen to that because episode number four, which is this episode, we're going to be talking about how to analyze the numbers, how to take a look at the numbers. We're going to look at how to acquire comps and also how to find your mayo or also as known as finding your maximum allowable offer so you know just how much you can offer to your seller and also make a good deal. Okay, guys, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about how to analyze the numbers, how to analyze the numbers. So the first thing you're going to need when you are analyzing a property and trying to find what your mail is, is you're going to need what's called an ARV, okay? And what that stands for is after repair value. This is the amount of money or the amount or the value or what the property is worth when the property is fixed up and in its best shape. This is this is the amount that the market is going to be willing to pay for the property in its best shape. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to find out exactly uh we need we need to find out what other homes in the area are selling for and we need to compare apples to apples meaning that if the property that you're looking at is a three two for example we want to compare that property to other three twos if the property that you're looking at is a roughly around 1200 square feet we want to make sure that we're looking around 1200 square feet and we want to be as close as possible to that to those criteria okay so just a couple of ways to be able to find your comps because you're going to need to find the comps first. So just a couple of ways to find your comps. Uh, here, are, here are a couple of sources. Uh, you can use Zillow. Now, a lot of people don't really uh, uh, like Zillow. Uh, they don't really like Zillow for the Zestimate because the Zestimate is never really accurate. But you can utilize Zillow to look at past recent sales, which tend to be a lot of times accurate. It's a great, great way. It's free and you can do it in minutes. Okay, so I like Zillow. I personally use Zillow just to kind of have a quick look at my properties before I decide whether or not I'm going to move forward on, on, uh, on going further with the investment or just, you know, taking a pass, depending on the area. Uh, another source you can use is RealQuest. Now, RealQuest is great. RealQuest is, in my opinion, it comes second. It's in second place to the MLS, which, by the way, the MLS or the multi-listing service is the number one place for comps. The number one place. It is the same, same platform and same service that realtors use. State certified realtors use this. Okay, so this is why this is so accurate, and this is why this source is so great. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can kind of leverage that if you don't have access to the MLS. So if you're if you're a real estate agent, you kind of have an upper hand here because you already have access to the MLS. But RealQuest, in my opinion, comes in second place. There is a uh, there is, I believe there's some sort of investment 
on Real Quest. I don't really know what it is, and I'm just being honest with you because I have access to the MLS. My my fiance is a realtor, but you can use Real Quest. It's a www express.realquest.com okay you can find comps on there uh you can also find comps on real estate abc which is free okay that's another that's another source but again the number one source is the mls okay the mls number one source now if you don't have access to the mls and you want to be able to get comps from the mls here's one of the ways you can do that uh you can go on zillow Okay, and you can type in the address of your property, and then when your property comes up, Zillow has this tab kind of by the address bar where it says find an agent. You can click on find an agent and put the zip code of the property inside the search bar and click search, and it will populate agents that work in that area. And all you have to do is call the agents, uh, give them a phone call, let them know that you're a, an investor, you're looking to buy in the area, and you're looking to partner up with, with a realtor that can help, that, that can help you, uh, you know, run your numbers on properties. Not every realtor will be willing to do it, but those who are are great, great, great investor-friendly realtors who can see the value because... At the end of the day, another good thing, guys, as well, any properties that you cannot wholesale, remember, any properties that you cannot wholesale, if you have realtor friends who can turn that into a listing, you can ultimately be able to work a partnership with them and provide them the properties that are of no use to you, to them as a listing, and maybe, hey, they can take care of you too with a little something something. So that's just something to keep in mind, guys. You need to get this information. It is important. Whether or not you get it from Zillow, RealQuest, or the MLS, it is important that you get it, okay? It is important that you get it because you need to know where you need to be to do your numbers. But again, if you can get access to the MLS, whether through an agent or being an agent yourself, I highly recommend that source over any other source. Okay, so let's say you have the MLS. Let's say, you, let's, let's say you're running your numbers on Zillow. How exactly do you know what comps are the comps you should go with? Great, great question if you're wondering that, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, again, you want to compare apples to apples, apples to apples. So if the property is, uh, was, you know, if the property was built in 1950, I like to look about 20 years uh, plus or minus, meaning I'm going to do my search at 1930 to about 1970, okay? And if I'm not getting a lot of results in that pocket, I will expand my search, meaning I'll go to 1920 up to 1990, okay? But you want to get as close as possible to that 1950, and you want to do that same method for every other criteria, meaning if the property has three bedrooms, if you can't find any three bedrooms, look at two bedrooms, look at four bedrooms. If, 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 you, if you have a bunch of three bedrooms, look at only three bedrooms and then move on to the bathrooms. How many bathrooms? Two bath, If it has two bathrooms and you have a ton of three bedrooms, and but some of them are one bathroom or one and a half bathroom or four bathrooms, what you want to do is you want to tighten it to two. You see? So that way you, you're closing your numbers down, 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 or you're growing your numbers up, 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 so you have a good, nice, even number of, of comps to look at. Uh, a good number of comps that you want to be able to acquire, guys, is about maybe 10 to 15 comps. So you can have an idea of what the low end is like and as well as what the high end is like. It's good also to have cash sales. And a lot of times your cash sale comps will be on a lower end uh, because a lot of, you know, the, the properties selling for the lowest amount are usually investment properties that need work and repairs. 
Okay, a lot of times the properties are selling on the high side of properties that have been repaired and are in great, great shape. So you want to know both. You want to know what the investors are buying properties, what number the investors are buying properties at within the area. And you also want to know what number the, the investors are selling properties at within the area. The other thing, geologically, how far should you be looking out for your comps? Okay, in most areas, a quarter mile is plenty. You don't want to look past a quarter mile. But if you're not able to find enough comparables within a quarter mile, step out to half a mile. I personally don't like to go out to half a mile because things things tend to change about a half a mile out. A lot of times, subdivisions change. One subdivision might be an average of maybe $250,000 in sales, while the other vision might be I'm sorry, the other division, the other subdivision, excuse me, the other subdivision might be around four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars in average sale. Okay, so it's important to try and stay within the subdivision of the property, but it is okay to go out about half a mile if you need to. Okay, so the other thing to keep in mind, the other thing to keep in mind is square footage. Houses sell by the square foot. Okay, houses do sell by the square foot. So you want to stay very, very, very closely within your square foot range. So I like to do 200 plus or minus on square footage, meaning if my property is 1,200 square feet, I will look between 1,000 square feet to 1,400 square feet to find that happy, nice medium. If I have a ton of properties, then I'll squeeze it to 100 square feet plus or minus and get an even tighter, even more focused, even more targeted uh, group of comps. The closer you get your comps to your target property, the more and more credible your comps are, the more and more confident you can be in your number. And not only that, the better you can educate the seller, okay? Another great thing about finding comps, guys, when you have your comps, not only does it help you get your mayo, but you can use this to help you negotiate your deals. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, these comps are actual sales that has happened within the subdivision. So when you show that to, to your sellers, you have to know a lot of sellers don't really know this. A lot of sellers aren't really a well-versed in the values of the properties within their neighborhood. As a matter of fact, a lot of sellers don't really know to compare apples to apples. A lot of them will say, hey, well, you know, uh, Mr. Bill down the street sold his house for 250000 but Mr. Bill's house has three more hundred square feet than, than yours. Mr. Bill's house is also a lakefront property, and Mr. Bill's house has a whole extra bathroom. There's no way that uh, Mr. Bill's house can be exactly comparable to yours, and you can utilize your comps to be able to show that, okay? So comps are very, very, very important for that reason as well. Okay, so let's say that you found your comps. Let's say uh, that you have a set of 10 to 15 comps in front of you. One good thing to do when looking at your high comps, if your comps are very, very closely together, like we talked about, look at your first top three sales or your first top five. Take the top three and top five sales and, and add them all together and then find an average. Divide them by five to find the average and that's your ARV. Now subtract that by 10% to give yourself a little bit more, more headroom there and you have your final ARV, okay? So I like to subtract the 10% because at the end of the day, I wanna make sure that I'm providing my buyers with the property at a price that they know will work for them. So if I'm looking at my ARV as 10% less than any other house on the market, automatically my houses are cheaper on the market even after they're repaired, which means that my deals will always be good, okay? 
always be good. So just something to keep in mind, you know, put that 10% at the end of the ARV just to give yourself a little bit of cushion room, okay? So let's say you find your average and now you got your ARV. Now you're ready to find your Mayo. So here is the formula, guys. I have a formula for you that's going to help you find your Mayo or your maximum allowable offer. So here's the formula. Your mayo, and you can write this down if you can write this down. If you're driving, please, I don't, I, I don't recommend you writing anything down while you're driving. Take a, take a moment later on after, you, after you, uh, you've gotten to a safe place and write this down, okay? So your mayo, your MAO equals your ARV multiplied by 0.65, which is 65%. ARV multiplied by 0.65 minus the amount of repairs the property needs and minus your assignment fee, okay? So let me say that again. Your Mayo equals your ARV that you found multiplied by 0.65 minus the repairs that the property needs and minus your assignment fee, okay? And I wanna talk a little bit about this. Just I just wanna break it down a little bit more, okay? So, you know, we talked about the ARV. You find that through looking at comps, okay? The 0.65, what is that actually, you know, what is that actually made of? 25% of the 0.65 is, 25% uh, of that number is a return on investment for your buyer, okay? Now, this is a very safe number. Most buyers, especially in my market, most buyers like, like, to, ha like to have returns that are about maybe 12 to 15%. That's like an average return. So when you have a return at like 25% or maybe 20%, your deals are hot. Investors love those deals, guys, which is, which is part of the reason why I can never hold any of my properties, which is what you want. You want your buyers coming back and back and back and back for more. And by doing your numbers this way, they're going to continuously come back. And not only that, but you're also allowing yourself a little bit of headroom. So if you did need to go above your mayo, maybe by a few thousand dollars, you can afford to do that instead have a good deal on your hands, guys. So this is very, very important information, okay? So 0.65, that also includes the uh, the closing costs that are going to be required for the investor at the end of their investment. There's a 10%, uh, uh, there's 10% allocated for closing costs, which includes realtor fees and also includes the standard closing costs when, uh, when, when you buy and sell real estate. Also, that 10% also includes holding costs, the cost that, that it costs that investor to hold on to the property, such as utilities or maybe maintenance, okay? So just something to keep in mind. You want to have that all included in there, okay? And then you want to subtract your repairs, the amount of repairs the property needs. Now, in order for you to find this out, you're going to need to go visit the property, but it's good to kind of ask the seller, hey, have you looked at, have you looked to see how much it would cost you to repair these items, uh, do you know what needs to be? Do you know what needs to be repaired in your property? Like we talked about in a previous uh, a, a podcast, when they tell you what needs to be repaired, it's good to ask them. Well, do you know how much that would cost? Okay, and if they don't know. Uh, a good thing to do is maybe just call around, find out, you know, start, start to get familiar with what things cost. Start to get familiar familiar with what a roof costs. Get familiar with what a water heater costs, what an AC costs. Because the better you know these numbers, the better you'll be able to put together a, 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 an actual repair estimate that is closer and spot on, okay? And you'll get better at this as you go, okay? The, the, my rule of thumb is if you haven't seen the property yet and you just want to kind of have a number... Go with the worst case scenario on a property. If the property, if the, if if Finona tells you the property is in horrible shape, think about if you had to replace everything in that house, how much it would cost you to replace that. Okay, 
Now, once you find out your repairs, the last thing you want to find out is your assignment fee. Now, a lot of people ask me, a lot of people ask, well, how do I know how much I should charge on an assignment fee? The assignment fee is anything you feel comfortable with. Anything you feel comfortable with. An average assignment fee on a wholesale deal is about seven dollars to $10,000. There's a lot of folks who are okay with $5,000. It is completely up to you and completely subjective. Okay, completely, completely subjective. Think, think of something that's worth your time and then put that as your ARV. And if you need to, I'm sorry, put that as your assignment fee. And if you need to negotiate your offer, just keep in mind, you can negotiate your assignment fee. If you're at $10,000 on assignment fee, but you're okay with five, you got $5,000 worth of headroom to negotiate, okay? So don't get too choked up about that number. Put a number that you would desire and try and shoot for that number. If you don't get it, it's okay because you'll have some room to negotiate, okay, guys? So that's how you find your Mayo, okay? Your ARV multiplied by 0.65 minus the repairs minus your assignment fee equals your maximum allowable offer, and that will be the number you offer, okay? Again, don't get too choked up on this number, okay? Don't get too choked up on this number. As a matter of fact, one of the good things about knowing your, a your, your Mayo is it just simply tells you where to stop, okay? So, if your mayo is $50,000, this is just for example, if your mayo is $50,000, then $50,000 is all you can afford to pay, okay? Don't go above that number. Now, if the deal looks like a really, really good deal, you know, because we have so much headroom in the 25% in the, uh, in for investor profit, maybe you can go up $1,000 or $2,000, maybe 2 or 3%, which, which, will, which will still uh, uh, enable you to provide your end buyer with the 20 to 21% return on investment. That is great. That's great, okay? You can still do that, but just keep in mind, you don't want to go too high. This number is literally designed to keep you to keep your to keep your numbers or to keep your offer at a place where you can turn around and sell the property quick and make profit quick. It is designed so that way buyers will be like vultures on your properties, okay? And they're going to want every single property that you have. That's the kind of scenario you want to be in, okay? So this is how you find your mayo. This is how you analyze the numbers. You want to find your comps. Okay, to find your mayo, and once you have your mayo, you're ready to go. You know where you need to be, okay? And you have the ability now to negotiate the deal. Either maybe if you had to do a, a worst-case scenario uh, number on repairs, but then you go see the property, and maybe the property isn't as bad. Now you know that, hey, I can afford to go a little bit higher on my offer. You know, I will still offer the offer uh, the offer at your mayo or below your mayo and don't get don't be afraid guys don't be don't get don't be afraid to offer below your mayo and i'm getting a little choked up about this because i'm so passionate about not being afraid to offer a little bit less worst case scenario is you're going to go up higher on your price if the seller says no Okay, so don't be afraid to work a little bit under your mayo. It just provides you more headroom to be able to negotiate in the long run, okay? So please subscribe. We're going to end this here. And next time, we're going to be getting more and more into the next steps in, in, involving a real estate deal. And the next thing that you would need to do would be to go visit the property and negotiate an offer so that way you can put a property under contract, okay, guys? Under contract.
contract. So we're going to leave this here. We're going to drop this here. And I'm going to see you guys on the next podcast. But remember, if you love the information and you love wholesaling real estate or you want to do your first deal, if you want to do your first deal and supplement or replace your income, subscribe to this podcast because I'm going to be giving out more and more information. And I'm excited. I'm sure you can hear it. I'm pumped up. I love talking about this. I love wholesaling real estate. And I can't wait for you to get your next wholesale deal. And when you get your next wholesale deal, I hope to hear you on this show. Okay, guys, so keep me posted about what you're doing. Please, please, please ask questions. Find me on Instagram, Luke Madeus, L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S. That is Luke Madeus, M-A-L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S on Instagram. Send me a message. Okay, I respond. Send me a message in my DMs. I'd love to answer anything, any questions that you guys have. So I'll see you guys in the next podcast, and you have a wonderful, wonderful day, beautiful people. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate. If you want to wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. Thank you for listening to School of Wholesale with your host, Luke Madez. If you want more information, subscribe to this podcast as well as follow on Instagram at Luke Madez. L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S. And if you have any questions, send me an email at flippinglegendary at gmail.com. That is flippinglegendary at gmail.com. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate.